Hi, Rasa. Hi, Dad. How are you? Good. Excellent. Are you ready to know everything? Yeah. Arriba. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. Today, I want to share with you a mathematically proven method for being twice as good at anything. Ooh, this sounds interesting. Here's how you do it. It's very simple. Improve a tiny bit, just 10%, seven times in a row. Can you do that? What do you mean? Well, here's an example. Say you're into weightlifting. How much do you weigh? 50 pounds, something like that. Say you can bench press 100 pounds. Does that sound someday doable? Yeah. And you want to bench press closer to 200 pounds. Does that sound doable? It sounds a lot harder. Yeah. Well, instead of trying to go straight from 100 to 200, just go 10% better for seven months in a row. Let me give you the math. In January, you're able to bench press 100 pounds. 10% more than that in February, 110 pounds. In March, 10% more than that, 121 pounds. April, 133. May, 146. June, 161. July, 177. And by August, just by going up 10% per month, you're lifting 195 pounds when you started in January at 100. Wow. Now say something totally different. Say you're interested in public speaking. To be almost twice as good as you are now, you have to improve 10% at a time over your next seven public speaking presentations. Like this. Say your first presentation, you get a rating of 5 out of 10. Well, to get better, just get 10% better for your next one. That's 5.5 out of 10. 10% better than that, 6.1 out of 10. 10% better than that, 6.7. 7.3, 8.1, 8.9. And by your eighth presentation, seven presentations after you started, you're at 9.7 out of 10. You're nearly a perfect presenter just by going up 10% at a time. And then it should be easy to get those extra three points or to get those extra five pounds. Exactly. The same seven 10% improvements in a row will double anything. The number of onions you can mince per minute. How many Girl Scout cookies you can sell per season. Your basketball free throw percentage. Ooh. How many poems you've memorized. How long you can stay up on a surfboard. Or the number of people you can hold with love in your heart. Now, not everything can be precisely measured, but if you want to be totally awesome at something important to you, consider a series of small, consistent, achievable advancements instead of immediate transformation. Do you know if there's any way to get a puppy by doing that? I guess if you get 10% better at begging me, over time, <laughs> it could happen. 10% better a year. I'm not going to wait years, though. Maybe 10% better a week, or a day, or a second. You never know.
ready for today's poem? Yeah. It's Pied Beauty by Gerard Manley Hopkins. Ooh, I do like pies. Well, pied in this case kind of means freckled. And all the things in this poem are one form or another of freckled things. So if there's a word you're not quite sure you understand, think of it in a freckled kind of way and you'll probably be on the right track. Okay. Pied Beauty by Gerard Manley Hopkins. Glory be to God for dappled things, for skies of couple color as a branded cow, for rose moles all in stipple upon trout that swim, fresh fire-coal chestnut falls, finches wings, landscape plotted and pieced, fold, fallow, and plow, and all trades their gear and tackle and trim. All things counter, original, spare, strange. Whatever is fickle, freckled, who knows how. With swift, slow, sweet, sour, a dazzle, dim, he fathers forth, whose beauty is past change. Praise him. Ooh, I like that. Pied Beauty by Gerard Manley Hopkins. Glory be to God for dappled things, for skies of couple color as a brinded cow, for rose moles all in stipple upon trout that swim, fresh fire coal, chestnut falls, finches' wings, landscape plotted and pieced, fold, fallow, and plow, and all traits, their gear and tackle and trim. All things counter, original, spare, strange. Whatever's fickle, freckled, who knows how, with swift, slow, sweet, sour, a dazzle, dim, he fathers forth, whose beauty is past change, praise him. So Hopkins is famous for writing these poems about all these natural, simple things around us and connecting them, in his case, to God but we can connect them to any kind of source of beauty and wonder. Think about all the freckled things in this poem. Cows, birds, skies, eggs, people, and even our stuff, our gear, tackle, and trim, right? And even the fields seen from below or from above, if you follow an airplane and look out the window, for example. You see those freckled patterns in the ground, don't you? Yep. What is your favorite form of freckled things? Hmm. That's a tough one. I don't have one thing in particular, but glitter can make almost everything freckled in an awesome way. Last segment of the show. Do you have a vexing question for me? Yes. My vexing question is, where does metal come from? I mean, I know metal comes from the ground or something like that. But do your rings and necklaces really get buried in the dirt? I've got a good starting points in my head. 
but I'll try to make them a little more solid with some research, and I'll get back to you. Sounds good. I'm back, and I've got your answer. Basically, metals are any solid material that's shiny, shapeable, and able to conduct heat and electricity. But precious metals used in coins and jewelry are usually the rarest of all, most famously gold and silver. And they have to be mined or dug up from the ground and then cleaned and separated from everything else dug up with them so they can be combined into shapes like gold bars or silver coins or necklace links or rings or whatever you like. Now, how do these metals get buried under Earth's surface? Two ways. First, gold and silver and other metals were part of Earth when it first formed. But the planet was so hot then, and they were so heavy, that they sank down to the core, which is way too hot and deep for us to dig down and get them. Think of a bar of soap falling down to the bottom of a bath that's too hot to get in. The other way is that meteorites with metals hit Earth 200 million years later. By then, the surface of the planet was solid, so the precious metals didn't sink too far underneath. Those are the ones you can dig up and make into blingity bling bling today. It's strange to think that something you put on your neck or your fingers first got to Earth hundreds of millions of years before there were even any human beings. You Must Know Everything is produced by me, Jeremy Smith, and her, Rasa Smith, with awesome music by Furniture. Please rate, review, and share the show with friends. Please join us next time for everything you need to know.